One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Good Humans Podcast with me, Cooper Chapman, chatting to the world's best about the inspiring stories that got them to where they are today. What's going on, you good humans? Welcome to Good Humans Podcast, guest episode 127 with an absolute legend and a weapon of a human, Lane Storia. A big thank you, as I do every single week, to our sponsors, Drink a Rapper. These guys continue to fuel my brain, the guests of this podcast, Grain, and so many of you legends out there who listen to the podcast, Brain. So, the Brain Drink is all developed by neuroscientists. It's been clinically tested and proven to have short-term performance, long-term brain health benefits as well. If you head over to their website, drinkarepid.com, you can use code GOODHUMAN. You get a big 25% off, which I highly encourage you to check out. It's a massive discount. And yeah, you're going to be checking out their science over on the website as well to learn all the great stuff that goes into this 100% natural drink. It's like a juice and you're going to love it. So head to the website, drinkarep.com, use that code GOODHUMAN, big 25% off. Take care of your brain, share it with your friends and family, take care of their brains too. Okay. Also, if you want to do me a huge favor, head over to thegoodhumanfactory.com. Check out all of our corporate and high school workshops. I've done about 35 over the last month. So many incredible conversations with students, uh, corporate groups and teachers and just really good feedback that the workshop is having a 25% improving mood over the one hour session. We take feedback and data from every workshop and the average entry into a workshop, people say they feel about a 5.8 out of 10 and average leaving is 8.3 out of 10. So 25% increase in mood is pretty cool. So go check out the website. You can also use the code podcast over on the website to get 25% off all of our merch, bunch of really cool gratitude stuff that's going to help you spread some positive messages around your community. Also, if you want to do me a favor, go hit that like or subscribe. If you get something out of today's episode, go tell a friend about it because yeah, I'm sure they're going to get something out of it as well if you do. And yeah, leave us that five-star rating. It means the world to me. All right, today's episode, Lane. So I met Lane a while back. I'm not met. I spoke to Lane a while back. I got recommended. I have him on the podcast by a few previous guests on the episodes, um, on the podcast, sorry. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. I got told that he was about to run 36 half Ironmans, 36 days in a row, raising money for Cystic Fibrosis Australia. And I was like, what an absolute legend. I'll chat to you when you finish the run. I mean, when you finish the challenge. So Ironman is, oh, he'll tell you about it in the podcast. Be aware it's about seven hours of working out every day for seven for 36 days in a row wild anyway i said i'll come and do one of the half marathon runs one of the days with you so i went up there and did that it was really cool to meet him in person then we caught up a few weeks later did the podcast a few days after he just finished doing the run uh if you want to be a legend head to the link in the show notes leave a little donation for his run it all goes to cystic fibrosis he put himself through such a huge challenge every day on his instagram he championed somebody who is suffering in silence with their cystic fibrosis he's a really good human who is trying to make a big impact with the donations but i know the inspiration you're going to get from his story is going to yeah be reverberating all around the world so if you enjoyed the episode make sure you tell a friend so let's jump into today's episode welcome to good humans podcast lane storia hey go mate good mate good fantastic great to be here i know this has been um i wouldn't say a long time coming we kind of 
learnt about each other, I guess, a few months ago when you talked to or shared with me, or maybe Brad shared with me about this amazing feat that you're about to try and yeah. achieve, which was 36 <laughs> half Ironmans, 36 days in a row. Yep. You've just completed it. Yep. We are going to catch up to that part of your story, but mate, how are you feeling? Mate, I've actually surprised myself. Um, I think deep down, I'm probably hiding a lot of stuff in pain, but um, I guess when your body just gets used to sort of shutting stuff off, I think you, your body gets used to just not feeling the pain anymore. So at the moment, I feel great, but I think that could probably change in the next week and a bit. I could uh, have little niggles that show up um, unexpectedly. I know. I mean, what? It's right now while we're recording, it's a Tuesday. You just finished last Friday, so it's only been about four days yeah, since you yeah. finished. Something that is just unbelievable, like 36 Ironmans. Do you want to explain real quickly before we... We'll catch up to it later, but yeah. what is involved in a half Ironman? Yeah, so a half Ironman is a 1.9k swim, a 90k bike ride, and a 21.1k run. So oh, yeah. so what was the average time it took you to finish each day? Oh, I dare say the average time on my feet every day would have been about six and a half to seven hours, I guess. Like, um, And every day you just chopped and changed, like... Some days I felt good, other days I felt like rubbish and it could just blow out the time deluxe. So, oh yeah, I'd say between like six and a half to seven hours. Was, I think the last day we might have done it about under six hours, which I was fair move and I wanted to try and prove a point. But yeah, it all it all chops and changes, I guess. Mate, six and a half hours of intense, top of your heart rate exercise for 36 days in a row is just... It, unbelievable. I um, We'll talk about this later, but I joined you for one of the half marathon <laughs> runs and I was sore for a week. So the fact that you're not sore at all is crazy, but we're going to catch up to that story. What I do open all of my Good Humans podcast with is a uh, little cheers from a rapper who is yep. our sponsor. I don't know if you've tried it before. Probably not. It's um, it's a brain drink all developed by neuroscientists, all natural, no caffeine. It's um, basically just going to make us think a bit clearer and I could be a bit that. calmer throughout So we've got the, um, the performance one, which is the darker one, which is yep. like the kind of thicker black currant flavor. Alrighty. Delicious. Or if you want something a bit lighter and fizzy, we've got the... Um, the calm and clarity, which we'll, we'll is... Go yeah. the performance. We'll go so, the mate, performance. I, I need the performance. <laughs> I need the performance too. Anyway, we'll crack this. It's not oh, too slippery. There we go. A little cheers. And, little cheers. There we and, go. I love this stuff. Ooh, I drink good. it instead of like my second that, coffee. That's good, yeah. Long-lasting energy, and it makes you think clear for a podcast. Mate, if we get a good podcast out, this this stuff must be working. <laughs> yeah, well, well, we're going to get a my good... My brain's a bit fried at the moment. A little pro trip. Yeah, take yeah. the lid off. Yeah. I, I always screw mine back on, and all my guests... A few of them recently haven't. I'm like, that's smart. Yeah, that's, yeah. Easy accessibility. Easy mate. access. The other question I open all my Good Humans podcasts with is very similar for everyone. And you're wearing actually one of my gratitude shirts. Mate. So I gifted you. So Ooh, gratitude. Yeah. I'm intrigued, actually, before I ask you the question, have you been, has anyone said anything to you wearing it around the last yeah, well, little I, bit? Or someone I, read your back? I, I, and I used said, to have one. So I brought one, oh, probably two years ago. Oh, so you already had one. So I already had one. And oh, then, uh, mate, now I've got to double it up, you know. You can wear it, can wear it every day of the week now. So, um. But yeah, I've had many people just like, you sort of, and it's funny because you notice people like looking at you as you walk past, but yes, I have had people notice the shirt for sure, yeah. That's cool, eh? So, the question on the back of the shirt is a question I'm going to ask you right now, which is, what are you grateful for right now in your life? Um, To be honest, at the moment, I'm really grateful for all the people that I've met in the last 40 days, 40 odd days, um, and the people that I've had around me, um, my family, all that, that have come up and support, all my mates that have come up and support. Um, yeah, and I've met some really cool people that I wouldn't have met if it wasn't for this challenge. So, yeah, I'm just super grateful for all the people that I've got around me at the moment. How good. Yeah, I loved watching the challenge every day. You'd do a recap mm-hmm. and you'd pick a certain person who either has cystic fibrosis. What, yep. Did everyone always Every, have, Everyone had okay, cystic fibrosis. Okay, so everyone fibrosis, had cystic yep. fibrosis, which um, 
let's just talk about it real quickly now. We will catch up to the um, run, but what how what got you into cystic fibrosis? I know it's from a previous guest of this podcast, actually yeah. Brad Drybra, a great friend of mine. Yeah. So why cystic fibrosis? Um, and why did you raise the money for them? And then yeah, why did you hear every day somebody with cystic fibrosis? Because that kind of ties into your gratitude with, um, the amazing people that you've met over the last forty days. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. So, um, yeah, like you said, you've had Brad on the podcast before, and I met Brad about two and a bit years ago, um, down in Wollongong. And yeah, we just were going for a run together and we just went and sat down and got a bit of breakfast together. And I noticed that he pulled out about 50-odd tablets that that's how many tablets he's got to have every day. Um, but at that stage, I didn't want to ask, didn't want to be nosy. And he was pretty open about it, like he ended up telling me that he had cystic fibrosis. But at that stage, I thought, oh, it can't be that bad if he's... He was out running quicker than me and he was doing everything better than me on the run. Um, which then like clogged my brain over and I was thinking, oh, so it can't be that bad. And actually speaking to people that's what they say they're like no one knows it's that bad because it's an invisible disease like mm. everything that happens with cystic fibrosis normally goes on inside the house or in hospitals so people you don't know if someone's got cystic fibrosis when you're walking down the street so the reason why i then decided to dedicate a day to someone living with cystic fibrosis was to share their stories mm. because these are stories that happen in the house and no one get would know if there's not someone else sharing the story every day and a lot of people with cystic fibrosis actually don't like to share their story because they just don't want to share it because they don't want to be treated differently. Mm. So, and that's the thing I've thought, if I can make enough noise about it, hopefully then people understand what cystic fibrosis is. Mm. I love that, man. It's so cool. And, and I encourage anyone who's listening right now after the podcast or while you're listening, if you're not driving or something, <laughs> go check out Lane's Instagram. It'll all be in the show notes and yeah, have a look at his 40, I mean, 36 days every day mm. documented how the run was. Um, how difficult it was, his time that it mm. took to run it, your calories for calories each thing, for the day, yeah. but then the story about each person, which yeah. which is amazing, and I love following that. So go check that out. But let's go back to the start. Yeah. Let's understand who the bloody hell Lane story yeah. is and how the <laughs> hell you got to running these 36 half marathons. So let's run back to the beginning. Where were you born? Where'd you grow up? Um, what was life like as um, a kid for Lane? Yeah, so I'm born, I was born in Camden, um, so southwest of Sydney, um, about an hour and a half, I'd say, out of the city. Um, yeah, and pretty much growing up, I had a very, like, blessed childhood, to be honest. Like, I've got two great, um, two great parents, two younger sisters, who we've all done everything as a family growing up. Um, yeah, so I was super lucky to have the blessed childhood that I had. Um, played a lot of rugby league growing up. That was pretty much my only thing that I ever done. Like, seven days a week, I was, always had a footy in my hand, everything. Um, I just loved playing rugby league. Um, and then, yeah, I sort of got through those stages of life where... I was always the shortest, so I always had to sort of have a bit of a dog about me, which I like to say. Um, yeah. Growing up, being the smallest person, you I don't know, you're sort of on the footy field and you got to try and... Bit of aim, yeah, a bit of mongrel, <laughs> you know, aim up and um, try and go for the biggest guy on the field. And I'd aim for just to try and prove a point to everyone that I could be stand up for myself and whatnot. So I guess that's where I get a bit of my uh, mental grit about myself. Um, but yeah, growing up, like everything was... Yeah, super lucky, super blessed. Had a lot of mates down in home, um, down in Camden, in Sydney. Um, and then, yeah, just... I sort of would say I was pretty quiet as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, not super quiet, but just, like, I wasn't confident in my own skin, I dare yeah. say. Um, and that really didn't, like... My confidence didn't grow till I was, like, 16, 17 when I sort of found drinking. Um, and I just used that as a substitute to start drinking, so... We're going to catch up to this, to the yeah. end of high school, but... Tell me about your upbringing. Two younger sisters. I've got two younger sisters yep. as well. No brothers, similar yeah. to me. Yep. 
what do you think some of the values and sort of qualities that were instilled in you from a young age up until I guess you had found yourself yep. from your parents and also by having younger sisters? Yeah, well, having younger sisters, actually, like, we all got along really well. So we would do everything together. So we'd play footy together, we'd play touch together, we'd play Oztay together um, every night of the week. So it was always, like, even growing up when we were younger, like, my sister would play netball. So I'd go and actually train netball with them and then I'd go over and play, like, do my footy training. So I just, like, we were always instilled just a great family value, um, having, like, a close family. Um, but then it also, and I probably didn't notice this later on until I then had girlfriends and that, I've always been very protective of women in my life. Mm. So having two younger sisters, I've always liked to be the protector of a family or um, whatnot. So it's just little bits and pieces that I think were instilled in me growing up to just always look after like women in your life because they do such a great job and I don't think people understand it how much like a loving mother and having two younger sisters can actually be so good in your life yeah I, I can absolutely relate man it's yeah. something that I almost wear as a badge of honor when people are like oh three sisters is probably a bit soft I'm like hell yeah I'm soft yeah. I mean I know how to treat women well I feel yeah. like I've grown up around yeah so many girls yeah. that it's made me yeah learn how to respect women and really see their point of view and just be able to yeah connect I think a bit better with them and like you said yeah. once you started to get older and have relationships it's um yeah I think it's a really important trait which I'm super grateful for as well yeah well it's funny like when I was probably oh I couldn't even tell you the age I think maybe like 15 or 16 it was like a piss take of me and all the footy boys were like oh if you had a daughter who would you write like want to date your daughter and everyone was like oh Lane for sure like <laughs> but it was just like I th- it was more of a p- take, trying to take the piss out of me but it was like, yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Like I'm, the, like I treat women with respect, and so I think definitely having the t- my two younger sisters, yeah, definitely helped grow up with that sort of outlook on life. Love that man. Let's move to high school. What was high school like for you? It's an interesting time for a lot of people. I think having so many guests on this podcast now, I've heard mm. a lot of different perspectives and stories around high school. What was it like for you? Loving football? Yeah. Bit of a smaller guy, a couple younger sisters. How's the high school experience? Yeah, so high school for me, I actually I hated learning. I always hated learning in high school. Why? Uh, not why. What did you hate about learning? Well, I just th- thought I've always so growing up I always wanted to be a builder. My old man's a builder. Um so growing up on a job site like growing up I was pretty much as soon as I could walk I was on a job site with dad. So I always thought I'm never going to need this. Mm. I already know what I want to do. I'm going to be a builder for the rest of my life and that's it. Like, so I sort of was just like, what's the point of learning about science or about English or whatever? Cause I was like, I know I can work on a job site and I've already, I'm already doing it. Like I've mm. been doing it since I could walk. So I was like, nothing school's going to teach me is going to help me when I'm on the job site. Um, which was pretty naive now cause I don't even work as a trader anymore. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it was one of those things like I, Used to love, I used to hate school till probably about year nine. Um, and then dad actually said one holiday, he's like, well, if you want to leave, he's like, I'll take you to work for me with two, for the two weeks. And I think he actually thought he was going to scare me off. So for those two weeks of the holidays, um, we were at work at like five o'clock every morning, working till like six thirty, seven o'clock every night for the two weeks. And he's like, if you can do those two weeks and you want to leave, he's like, I'll let you leave. Um, so like halfway through year nine, done that. And he's like, do you want to go back to school? I was like... No, I was like, I want to stay on the job site. And Make he's like, money, and, then, and then he was like, oh shit. He's like, yeah, well you're staying at school. So, <laughs> so the one way we did work around that was I actually done a school-based apprenticeship. Okay. So from year 10, 11 and year 12, I'd done a school-based apprenticeship, which was three days at school, one day at work, one day at TAFE. So when I actually come out of school, I was a second year apprentice. Nice. Um, which 
for me is a huge blessing because like I said, I was a pretty shy guy. I didn't like to, like I used to have my close mates and that was it. Um, any new people I met, I was always really shy around. So doing those extra three years at school, it actually allowed me to come out of my shell a lot more. Mm. And because I was always like in between school and TAFE and work, I was getting to meet so many new people. Yeah. So when I actually did come out of school, I was just like, if I'd have left halfway through year nine compared to the person that I'd come out of year 12, skills. I wouldn't have had the social skills. And yeah, now I look back and that's probably one of the biggest blessings that I actually did stay in school. Um, because yeah, like I said, my confidence levels probably in year 12 just went through the roof. Let's talk about that <laughs> bit of liquid confidence you mentioned, but yeah. what do you think really started to change in yourself that brought out a bit more confidence once you got towards the end of school? Yeah, well, I think like once I sort of started drinking and that towards the end of school, I sort of realised that I could be the funny guy, whatnot, and I've always had been a funny person, but I was like, oh, if I can drink, then I can be the funny guy and get the attention and whatnot. Um, so then, yeah, that just sort of played into my hand, and I was like, oh, I'll do it when I'm drinking, I'll do it when I'm not drinking, I'll just be the the class clown and be a little bit of an idiot, I guess. Um, which really, that's not who I am. Like, I'm actually a pretty smart guy. Like, but I just used to portray myself off as being a bit of a dipshit. Um, which I don't know why. Well, I still do it now. I like to. I like to have fun around people. I like to um, just. I'm, I don't take life too seriously. So that was one thing I learned in year twelve and whatnot. Um, and then yeah, sort of, I grew that confidence up just being around people a lot more. But. I sort of used to use, especially when I come out of school and started into the, the work industry, I actually used to use alcohol as a lot more of just like a, like I didn't really feel confident until I had three beers at least. Mm. So that then sort of turned into a bit of an unhealthy habit. Like it sort of allowed me to get my confidence at the start, but then after that I was like relying on it when mm. I was growing up. Um, bitch and yeah, so... I think that's a pretty common thing. I think a lot of people who do struggle with confidence will find it with alcohol, but then like you said, it becomes so needed the alcohol to have that confidence. So it's yeah. about trying to really find that balance and understand where the confidence is truly coming from and how you can find it. And I think it's also a very common trait is that sort of larrikin, try and not dumb yourself down, mm. but in your own words, be a bit of a dipshit at times mm. to make other people feel good, to make you feel accepted, to make you feel seen by the group. And I don't think there's anything wrong with times like make using humour as a way mm. to connect. And yeah, yeah I think... It's very common the way that you felt, even though at times it might have felt like you were kind of swaying away from yeah. the path or doing something a bit abnormal. I think it's yeah. so common for humans to be like that. Well, and that's the thing. So like, I and that's the reason why I didn't feel it any different because all my mates were doing it. So everyone else was doing it. Like, especially once I sort of left school, I was on the job side and I was just the youngest one on the job side and everyone else, like my old man was there. Um, I had like a few of my best mates working with me. Like, it was just like, it ended up being a party central, like... We'd work together all day. We'd go out and drink together in the pub or lava or whatnot. Um, and that was just a culture. So, like, I didn't know anything different. Like, mm-hmm. no one else was telling me there's people that don't drink out there or do whatever. And so, like, it was actually, like, one of the things that I got told growing up was, like, don't trust people that don't drink. So, like, through my pop and my dad, and I was like, oh, that's, like, a bit of a weird way to look at things. But I also brought into that. So... When, Interesting. when one of my sisters brought home their first boyfriend, he actually didn't drink. And I was like, pretty much made him drink. Um, and now I look back at it and I'm like, why the fuck did I do that? Like, it was because I was like so insecure with myself that I like, was like, he's got to drink to be around me and whatnot. Mm. Um, yeah, which it's just completely wild compared to the mindset I've got now where I haven't drank for 
like over a year and a half. And that's like the most confident I've ever been in my life. I've gone on Kentucky tours. I've done everything. Like I can still go to a nightclub now and have fun and not drink and then wake up the next morning and feel fresh. Like Mm. it's just, um, it was a really stuck mindset that I sort of grew up with around alcohol. Isn't it so interesting? Like sometimes we learn these or these small little sentences that our pop or our dad Mm. says to us that they probably completely unintentionally as a throwaway yeah. comment say it, but then it sticks in our mind. Yeah. And that's where so many of our self-beliefs come from. Like mm. you said, oh, if he doesn't drink, he's a bit of a loser and outcast, yeah. whereas yeah. now you don't drink. What was it that challenged that self-belief for you to start going, hmm, actually, maybe it is okay to not drink as well. What, what was that catalyst for you to start questioning maybe what your grandpa and your dad had said to you when you were a kid yeah well I think like I sort of got to the age of when I was about this is nearly exactly two years ago so 23 I had like my 23rd birthday and I was listening to a podcast um the MFCEO which is Andy Frazella over in America and he does this challenge called the 75 hard challenge which like for the 75 days you don't drink you do two workouts a day um one's always got to be outdoors you do 10 you got to read 10 pages a day 3.8 liters of water and stay on a diet the whole time and like just before my 23rd birthday i've been like everywhere that i was looking on instagram i was always just popping up and i was like man that like at the start of it i was always just like that's so stupid like as if someone would do that and then i'd like listen to it again or i listen to another one of his podcasts and i was like oh maybe it's not that bad or whatnot and slowly it just kept chipping away at me and then I was thinking, like, the 75 days, why don't you just try it? And then I got to a stage where that pretty much just lined up exactly, like, on my 23rd birthday, I carried on, like, an absolute dickhead, um, which I, normally I never used to. Like, on the piss, I'd just be, like, normal guy, just a little bit loose, and then I wouldn't, like, I'd never let the emotions get the hold of me. Um, whereas on my 23rd birthday, one of my mates, like, I was absolutely plastered. We drank all day. One of my mates tripped me over and, like, hit my eye with a glass bottle and, like, split my eye open. And normally it just I'd just be like, oh, whatever. like, But I just lost my shit at him. And that was just like so out of character for me. So like looking at those podcasts and then having that happen where I lost my shit on like one day, like I'm drinking, I was like, fuck it. Next week I'm going to start this challenge. So on like that was on the sad day. And then on the Monday I started the challenge. And I was like, one thing that I don't want to do during this challenge is like not be myself and to go from being the guy who's always out partying to just be in a homebody because I don't want to go out and drink. Mm. So I was like, my challenge for myself was, if you're going to do this challenge, you still got to go out and party with everyone. So it was like, still go out and to the pubs, but just don't drink. Like you can't go from being the guy who wants to be at the, at the pubs and whatnot and partying to just being like, Oh, I'm not drinking. So I'm not going to go out and socialize. Mm -hmm. So I challenged myself to go and do that. And then I got through the whole challenge with like not drinking and like, the more I started to do it, the more confidence I started to get in it. And I was like, I'd wake up the next day feeling great. I'd already had a great night already the night before. Um, so I was like, man, this is good. And then, but it was always like chewing back at me. I was like, oh, I can't wait to drink, can't wait to drink, can't wait to drink. And then it was like, when I finished day 75, I had a wedding like that weekend. So I went to this wedding and I reckon I had like maybe eight to 10 beers. And like, I wasn't even drunk or anything, but the next day I woke up and I just felt like rubbish. I was like, oh my God. I was like, those 75 days was like the best I'd ever felt in my life. And then I've just went and done, like just went and drank the next weekend and it just showed me what a, like a difference it made. Mm. Like I just didn't want to do anything the next day. And I was like, so I pretty much just threw away a day. And I wouldn't say that I was any more fun or any less fun than I was at the party because I was drinking anyway, mm. like at the wedding. So yeah, that just like made me realize that I didn't actually have to drink to 
be fun or be around like be around people yeah i love that man it's so cool to see like the shift in perspective what about did you get any pressure from like your dad or your grandpa or um, the people around you when you're doing the 75 hard how'd you go with I, the i lost a lot of mates actually over the time because i guess like i said i went from being the big party animal who was always drinking and like like the pressure people to drink as well um to then being like i'd still go out but it just like but you never pressure anyone well, but it still makes them feel insecure being yeah around you. yeah yeah so like they all would be like oh did you just want to have one drink and i'm like oh no i'm not drinking and it's like why don't you just have one and it's like I'm not drinking like if I have one beer then I've got to start the challenge again mm. and it's like they just couldn't get that through their head so like even if I just had had one it would have made them more comfortable um, but yeah so I did lose a lot of mates um, do you feel like you also inspired a few of them to pull back on their drinking yeah yeah so okay. 100% as well like it's it either goes one or two ways you lose the mates or they sort of jump on board with you and they realise that if you're doing it and you're loving it and why not why can't they give it a try and then they jump on board and they're like, holy shit, like... Oh, life's better. Yeah, That's yeah. The thing, you, knowledge you, is knowing, wisdom is doing. We all know we shouldn't be drinking. Exactly. We all know we should be exercising each day. Yeah. We all know we should be reading each day, drinking all this water. 75 hard's like the perfect for that quote. Mm. It's like knowledge is knowing, the positive effect, all these things can happen. Yeah. But wisdom's actually doing it. And so many of us are so, are so scared yeah. to really put ourselves out there and do these things because it takes a bit of effort. It yep. puts you in an uncomfortable situation mm. every day. You've got to fight those mental battles yep. every day, which I'm sure he did 75 yeah, days yeah. straight, but how good do you feel after it? Well, and that's it's the like, thing. choose your heart. Do you yeah. want to be, mm. you know what I mean? Whatever yeah. that path leads you, drinking, partying, whatever, yeah. until, you know what I mean? Going yeah. to the pub, talking about the footy, rinsing people, yeah. that you saw did something fucking stupid. Yeah. Or do you want to be going for a run, talking about positive mm. things, speaking with your mates, how you're going to get healthier? It's like, yeah. choose the hard. Well, even like, since now, even doing my challenge, like, some of the worst hangovers that I had have been like, nothing compared, like, well, sorry, some of the bad days where I felt like my head or I had headaches or whatever on this challenge, they're nothing compared to some of those hangovers that I used to have. And it's like, I was doing that every single, like, probably three or four days a week, like, and I'm like... And now I'm doing, like, this big challenge, and I'm like, my body, like, it's just chalk and cheese. And like you said, it's you choose your heart. Like, mm. um, But, yeah, so but my family have been awesome with it. Like, my mum, she ended, actually, she ended up doing 75 hard. My sister ended up doing it. Um, so, yeah. It was, How good does that feel? That There's was, nothing better than inspiring your family to well, make healthier choices. It was so, that's one of, like, my things. When So I'd done it, and then my mum started it when I was up to, like, day 50. Um, and then my sister started it. I think after I had finished it at some stage. Um, but yeah, like I couldn't look, I couldn't, it was amazing to see the transformation that like both my mum and my sister had. And I was just like, oh shit, like I'm the cause of that. Like, mm. um, and completely changed them as people. Like they just had so much more confidence and now they live active lifestyles. Like they're always going on walks and they're always doing different stuff where my family before I'd done 75 hard was like, even during COVID times, it was like, all right, Friday night's a piss-up night. Saturday night, we're going to do backyard drinks and watch the horses or whatever. Like, mm. that was just always culture. Our, our culture thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas now it's like, we're all getting up early to go for a walk or we're all getting up early. Like, my sister done a half Ironman with me off no training. up. Like, So it's just like so crazy and my mum done she done a quarter day so we well she done a half of a half iron man so we called her the quarter man um <laughs> but yeah like it's just those ch- those choices and those changes that we've made that i look back at now and i'm like man if i didn't start this 75 hard nearly two years ago exactly 
like life would be different. Life would be so different. Isn't it interesting too? It's not like doing it, saying to people like, "Oh, come and do it with me." It's just yeah. like do it for yourself, and yeah. they'll follow. Whereas yeah. if you do it, try and drag people with you, it's like, well, if you don't have the commitment to do it yourself, and you need yeah. to drag me, then let me see you do it first. So well, if you're out yeah. there going, "Oh, I'm just waiting for a friend to do it." Just do it yourself. Just do it There's yourself. No time like the present. A hundred percent. And like that's the thing. Like you'll be surprised at how many people you actually inspire. Like, um, after a couple of people listening to my um, one of my other podcasts, they heard that I've done seventy five hard, and now I reckon I know about ten people up here in the Goldie who have just started like that are halfway through or nearly finished their seventy five hard, and like even all them have just been like, I can't believe how much of a difference it's made. Yeah, so fuck I want to do it but I feel like I'm already full of excuses I'm like my schedule is so hard yeah. that like some days I'm like flight three keynotes flight home yeah like, I mean I guess it's just an excuse but fuck it's, it's one of those things it. like <laughs> but you do it and then you're like it might be the first week or the first two weeks is chaotic but then you realize you're like okay you once you, you, you're getting everything undersorted and then you're like all right I'm going to make sure I'm getting up earlier to do my workout. And then you sort of just get these rhythm. Did you get stuck at any like 11 p.m.? Like, fuck, I need to go for an outdoor run. There was one. It was like the first week. So, like, I was still on the tools when I'd done it. So, I think one day I got up at 3.30 to do my, like, gym workout. And then I went and worked all day. And then I had a job interview for, like, one of my next jobs at 5 o'clock that Arvo. And that ended up going from 5 to 7 on a Friday night. And I still hadn't done my workout, my outdoor workout. I still hadn't finished my water, still hadn't read my pages, and some, um, and I still hadn't had dinner and you had yet to cook or whatever. Like a healthy dinner. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, and no, it was. Is it like no takeaway as well? Well, no. Yeah, yeah, so you gotta so have you to gotta say cook like, everything's gotta be healthy, like a proper healthy <laughs> yeah. diet, like no cheat meals. And this was when the floods were like on down in Sydney, and it was pissing down rain. <laughs> and I was like looking at my watch, and I'm like. This and there was only like day seven. I'm like, do I just start again? And I was like, nah, go out and get it fucking done. And like, literally, we had this loop near my house, and I was just like around a cricket pitch. And I remember just, I had like, was walking around this cricket pitch, just pissing down rain. There was just like, I was literally just walking through like that much of water the whole time. And I was just like, why am I doing this? But like, now I look back and I'm like, that's probably like the bit of like the, the grit that you mm. build up during it. What you're doing, no one's watching it. Yeah, yeah. And like, that's the thing, no one saw what I was doing on the Friday night. That, eight thirty, yeah. like and pissing down rain like no one it was just like i had my head torch on and that was it like mm. oh, the so, most important important person to keep your word to is yourself like exactly. integrity to yourself yeah. is just like phew, yeah gnarly. let's talk about now i, I want to get up to the um the challenge pretty soon but let's talk about the period after finishing school up to where you came up with the idea to do the challenge. Obviously, it's a three, four-year period, yep. but what you're doing for work, yep. why you kind of wanted to, you know, put work on hold for a bit and do something that yep. was a huge challenge. Obviously, you took, um, yeah, a, a four or five weeks off yeah. work to yep. do this challenge. So let's talk about that period, what work was like, yep. and then what made you go, you know what, I need to do something that's a bit outside the yeah. box of just being a tradie my whole life. Yeah, okay. So what happened was, so, like like I said, when I, I've always wanted to be a builder and whatnot. So as soon as I finished school, I was straight on the tools, like, I didn't even have any time off. Like, the third term when you finish school, like, I was literally working. I had to have, like, two, three days off or four days off, whatever, to do my exams. Like, I didn't study for any of my HSE exams. I was just, like... Didn't matter. You already it, done, I was already on the site, other. but I was like, yeah. oh, whatever. I'll get the piece of paper. Um, so, yeah, like, I pretty much the day that I finished school, the next Monday, I was already on the tools. Um, and then, yeah, like, I honestly, like, I loved... I still do have a passion for being on the job site because... There's not many places around it where you can have so many blokes around there. Like, and some days are fun, some days are absolutely shit. 
Mm. And but you end up like you're spending so much time with people that you end up really good mates with them. Mm. Um, but it's just all about. I look back and I just wish some of the job sites weren't so fixed on those headsets mindsets of like, all right, you got to drink and you got to do whatever. Mm. And I'm actually I'm starting to see a lot of culture changes in the the industry now where some guys are not drinking and they're actually helping, like they might be taking their group of five tradies for a run before they go to, like they actually start on the job site or whatnot. Like, so those little changes are starting to happen, which I think is going to be great for just, I don't know, all tradies, man. Cause like you look at it and it's just that discipline. It's all about extra bit of discipline. And instead of going out and getting on the piss all the time, like some tradies out there, if they're not doing like getting on the drugs or they're not getting like pissed every weekend. If they just focus on work, I've seen so many people who just get focused on work and they just smash every other trade out of the water because mm. they're just so committed to their job. So yeah, I love it, man. I'm so passionate about it. So pretty much I was into it. And then like by the time I was a third year apprentice, I was started doing my builder's license. So I was doing um, my builder's license three nights a week for a fast track one year course, which I was like the youngest person by a mile in the builders. Mm-hmm. Like I think I was 22. I might have been even 21 when I'd done my builders license. Because um, I was like, all right, I'm being a builder. So that was the next step. So even before I'd got my carpentry license, I was already doing my builders license. Um, done that. So I had everything that I needed to be a builder by the age of 22. Um, and then, I don't know, I just sort of got it all. And I was like, oh, what next? Like, um, And then, yeah, it was sort of just like a bit of a shallow period for me. And I've always, like, wanted to just keep growing and growing. And then I just got bored of being on the job site, what not. Um, and the next thing I was like, oh, well, why don't I... I was actually about to, like, 95% sign up to join the army and go into the army as a carpenter. Because so I was like, that's just something completely different. Why not? And then, the t- like, that day before I was going to go and do my um, physical check for the army... I actually got caught up by a buyer's agent because I'd always, like, I've invested in property and I'd talked to this guy before. And he was like, oh, do you want to come on as a project manager and help us build granny flats and that? And I was like, oh, yeah, why not? Like, so I'd done that. And the thing that I didn't realise was going from being on a job site all day, running around and whatnot, to then my next job was in an office at home by myself, liaising with people. Um, That just crumbled me. Like, the, the mental health aspect of it was like, getting locked in a room every day for eight to 10 hours, five days a week, it just wasn't me. But I was like, so I was still so stuck on money in that time. So I was like, all right, this is just gonna give me more opportunities to get out of the rat race, get out of the rat race. And I was just like, so head stuck on money. Like I was like, oh, it's a good job, I can make good money. Um, and then yeah, I was just like putting my mental health to the side because I was like, I'm not getting out. Like I was still going and working out, but I wasn't seeing people. And like I thrive in like face-to-face interactions where you can call someone on the phone, but it just it's not the same for me. Yeah. Like I thrive on being around people. So I've sort of done that all year last year. And then I was like, all right, I need a change. I was like, I was just could feel myself just sinking down lower and lower. Oh, sorry, the year before it was. Um, I could just feel myself sinking down lower and lower. And you did the 75 hard while you're doing this job? Did that bring you yes, out a Yes, yes, yes. So I was, as I started this job, I started like 75 hard. So as I was like, Hating work. Hating you're work. To love I, was, your life. I was starting to love fitness and everything more. And I was like, oh shit, like I need to get into the fitness industry. Like or something along those lines. Um, so then I got my Cert 3 in personal training and ended up moving up to Brizzy and um, the last, what's that? Five, six, probably five months. I was doing like a lot of on and off work um, as a tradie and then just doing a bit of personal training and whatnot in between. 
Um, but like nothing was ever fixed. Like I was just like, I was doing off and on stuff. Like oh, flexible, yeah. Uh, yeah, real flexible stuff. So it allowed me to train, it allowed me to go and work a couple of days on the job site, allowed me to go and coach at the gym as well. So then I was like, at the start of this year, I was just like, bang, right here, let's set the date to do this challenge. What, where did the challenge come from? Um, the challenge what come from, you? well, there's a guy in America who done 50 states, 50 Ironmans, 50 days. Iron which Cowboy. Is, which is the Iron Cowboy. Mm. I, live, I watched that documentary the day before I did a 5K ocean swim. Yeah. And I swear to God, the whole time when I wanted to quit, I was just like, you're a pussy, this guy's bad. Yeah. <laughs> if you you got to get out of the water and run, a, I yeah. mean, ride like yeah. 180 Ks and then do a, a marathon. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I can finish this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when I first saw that documentary, it just like, it blew my mind. I literally watched it three times the first week I watched it. It's so good, eh? I was just like... Watch. Is it still on Netflix? I think it is. Uh, I don't think it's on Netflix anymore, but I think it's on his website and he sends okay. it out for free. Sick. Um, which, yeah, if you want to watch something, it changes your whole perspective yeah. on what... 52 Ironmans, 52 days in a row, yeah. 52 different states yeah. of America. We just throw the extra yeah. curveball of having to get... Right. Iron Man across the, the, the state. The logistical and then, nightmare of it. Crazy. It's crazy. Um, yeah, go check that out. It's crazy. So, yeah, when I was, as soon as I saw that, like, I'd sort of stopped playing rugby league and I was like, oh, what am I going to do next? Like, it keeps you um, driven. Because yeah. that was a whole, that was a really big part of my life. Like, seven days a week, I'd played league or I'd coached or I was volunteering, either doing the raffles or whatever. Um, so then, yeah, like. Up until you left down the coast and went, oh, Well, you know. uh, I stopped the year before I left down there. Okay. So. I just sort of got over it and I was like... Getting older. Well, yeah, I was getting older and you don't want to get injured and it's like uh, one of those things. And I was like, oh... So once I stopped, I was like, shit, what do I do with all this time? Yeah. Um, And I didn't do a lot. Like, I was just going to the gym, like a normal gym and work and whatnot. And then, yeah, as soon as I saw that doc, I was like, all right, I'm going to do an Ironman. I was like... But I had no idea how hard it could actually be. Um, And then, yeah, the next weekend I went to like a trial... Probably a couple of weekends after, like, so one of my mates was like, oh, you should get a bike. And then the whole triathlon thing just grew in. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to do a triathlon now. Um, and then I just went to, like, one of the local club meets down in Sydney. And I rock up and I was like, oh, yeah, I want to do an Ironman this year. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, so you've done, like, a few triathlons and halves and whatnot. And I was like, oh, no, this is, like, going to be my first. It was, like, a little pissy 300-meter swim, maybe, like, a 15K bike ride with a 400 uh, 2k run or something like that. Oh, so it was like a so mini it, it was like a mini mini. Try, it wasn't yeah. even a proper try. Like, like it was literally try, like a little yeah, sprint yeah. club meet sort oh. of thing. And I knew none of these people, and they're all like, "So you've never done triathlon before?" I was like, "Nah." And like, and you want to do an Ironman? I was like, "Yeah." And we're like, "Oh, go and speak to that guy over there who who is now my coach." So da- I went and spoke to Dave, and he's like, "Mate, how about we just like look at doing half like a half Ironman first? Which he's like, because he's like, no, Dad. He's like, you look like a fit young guy. He's like, but if you want to go and straight up do it for Ironman he's like you'll hate it and you'll never want to do it again he's like you could train and like you'll get fit and whatnot you'll do all the training this year he's like but if you go from zero to no, like zero to a hundred he's like you will just like not enjoy the process of it which is probably one of the luckiest things that happened because I ended up just at the start of it I probably didn't have a lot of knowledge about the body or whatever and I was like I can just thrash myself and whatnot and pretty much just as I met Dave I thought I'd, I'd already injured myself so like just from running and like just trying to do stupid shit that, because I had no idea about triathlon. So I was like, all right, if I just do every day as hard as I can running or as hard as I can bike riding or as hard as I can swimming, then I'll get better. But I hadn't like, uh-huh. there's so much science behind it all now. And so as I met Dave, I was like injured and he got me out of the injury. And then we went and done the half Ironman, which was last year. 
Um, and then, yeah, ever since then, I was like, all right, what's the world record for like half Ironmans then? I was like, because I mentioned that to him about the fools and he's like, mate, he's like, you're going to need like another six, seven years of like, just to let your body grow into doing that amount of mileage. Or else he's like, you just crumble. Yeah. Um, so then I was like, and even I was like, oh, so what about halves? He's like, oh, you probably need like three or four years. And I was like, okay. And then um, what happened then? So then I, we done the half Ironman. And which I loved, and I was like, that was so much fun. And then one of my mates was like, oh, you should sign up for the 100K at Mount Kosciuszko with me. And I, the longest I'd run before that was 21K. Mm-hmm. So I, over five weeks, so I signed up with that, and then I told my coach, I was like, I just signed up for it. He's like, you're a dickhead. Why'd you sign up for it? I was like, well, just, I was like, you can either coach me or I'll sign do it by myself, and I've got no idea. And he's like, all right, I'll coach you. So he coached me like five or six weeks before, or whatever it was. And I'd done the 100K, and I was like, all right, that wasn't too bad either. Like, it was hard and there were so many times where I wanted to quit, but it was just like, all right, maybe I enjoy doing stuff where it's like the mental challenge rather mm. than trying to be faster or quick or whatever. I was like, maybe I enjoy just getting the, the hurt locker. Yeah. Um, so then, yeah, as soon as I walked over that 100K line, I was like, all right, maybe I can try and do this world record for the half Ironmans this, sometime this year. So the world record was 35 days in a yep. row doing half Ironmans. Yeah, huh? yeah. So then... Um, I sort of had like the month off over January, done a couple of CrossFit things in front of my mates and whatnot. And then I was like, all right, well, let's start putting the word out there that I'm going to do this in, it was originally going to be in October. Cause I was like, oh, could do it, finish on my birthday, whatnot. And then I spoke to my coach after I'd already told people that I was going to do it. I've already told 65 Rose Australia that I'm going to do this for years. And he's like, wait, so you've already told me you're doing it. I was like, yeah. I was like, you've got six months to train. He's like, well, it's better than six weeks. He's like, okay, let's see what we can do in six months. So, yeah, we all started training for it. and Yeah, what did training look like? What was... Oh, it ended up being 28 hours a week of training. Wow. So that was Monday. I'd go swim and gym. Um, Tuesday was... It would have been Pilates, and then I was doing a run straight after Pilates, and then that other I was doing a bike ride. Wednesday was swim and gym again. Thursday was Pilates... Then I'd do a long bike session and then I'd do a run Thursday night. Then Friday, we'd just do like a mini triathlon. So it'd be like a 1.9K swim with a, like, we'd just mix it up every week. So like, and it grew. Just combine but, them all Yeah, together. combine them all. So it was just random distances. So it ended up being like a 1.9K swim. Then it was like a 40K bike with a 5K run. And then Saturday ended up being like a 1.9K swim, maybe a 90K bike with a 10K run. And then Sunday was just like a double run day. So I could do like two 15K runs at the biggest week. Um, so yeah, like that they, they, end up pretty, they end up pretty big weeks. And that was for six months every well, week. Well, not, not every week. Like it sort of grew up, but that was yeah. probably one of the bigger weeks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as I started, like you just had to slowly work up to those distances, but that was one of the the bigger weeks. So um, this is the last six months while you're juggling bit of PT bit work, of bit, bit of yeah. building work yep. and all the training to go Yeah, yep. So I was just like... Maybe, maybe doing like PT a couple of mornings early and then straight after I'd go to the PT, I'd then go to like swim and gym and then I might just go and do a couple of hours in the tools or whatever or in between or just try and fill in, um, yeah, juggling as many hats as I can at once. Um, but yeah, like it all ended up, it worked out really well because you sort of do that much training and you're juggling everything at once and then I was so lucky to have my parents, my girlfriend's parents, my girlfriend, my sisters come up for a couple of days here and there. Um, and mates come up in and out as well during the challenge to help me. So 
I'd went from doing all this training and working and doing everything to just having to do the swim, bike and run. Yeah. And everything else was looked after for me. You took the logistics out of it. So yeah, so I was like, all I had to do was wake up, get into the passenger seat of my car. I'd get driven to the pool. I'd then get out, get driven back to the, where we'd start the bike. And then it was like, you sit straight on the bike, you go, you come back. Probably not as simple as that, but it's like, for me, that's, it was like, all right, you've uh, got the, no, you've got no more mental. Yeah, yeah. So I was like the least, less amount of thinking as possible. I was like, all you've got to do is just keep pushing your limits. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about day one. You, where you decided on Brisbane, you tr- ma- yep. mapped out the track, knew yep. exactly you did the same one every day. Yep. Um, yeah, let's talk about day one, the anxiety. Day, Did you get some sleep the night one. before? I actually it? slept pretty good. Or I wouldn't say good, but for what I was expecting, I think I got about five hours of sleep before, which before I done Mount Kosciuszko last year, the 100K, I think I got like two hours of sleep because so I just nervous. couldn't sleep. Yeah, I was just anxious. so nervous. So yeah, I'm happy with five at the start of this year, but day one. Yeah, what time's the alarm on? Uh, quarter to five. Quarter to five. Yep. So quarter to five, we're getting up, and then we're getting to the pool by five thirty, jumping in the water at like five forty-five, um, and then yeah, do the swim straight through. About forty minutes swim. Yeah, forty minutes. Yeah, forty or forty-five minutes, and then come out of the water, have a quick shower, and then as I'm getting driven from, like my the cool. swim meet to the shopping center where we started the bike ride, I'd eat me protein oats. Um, and then, yeah, I'd get on the bike and do the 90Ks, the 90K loop that we were doing. And then I'd finish back. 90K, about three and a half hours on the bike? Three to four? Three to three and a half hours, depending yeah. on wind, wind conditions and, and people yeah, riding like, with you. Yeah, yeah. So three, three to three and a half hours was the, was the sweet spot. Um, and then I'd get off the bike. I'd have like, I'd just try and eat as much food as possible because I knew like I was obviously going into calorie deficit and I was trying to keep my body like going. Fueled. But... Then the thing, the catch twenty two is you then go out on a twenty one point one k run on a full stomach. On a full stomach, so there was multiple times where I've just like thrown up into my mouth or and just had to swallow it all because uh. I was like, there's no point sitting there for forty five minutes eating if you're gonna throw it up. So I'd like have a mouthful of spew and then just like <laughs> swallow it, and it was yeah, it was gnarly. I was like, oh, there were some times where like I'd be talking to someone and go, uh. and I was like, you just put your spew. I'm like. Yeah, I was like, I was like, this is just painful. So, um, yeah, it was one of those things. Like, as a catch twenty two, because you just, I ended up not losing any weight over the challenge. Like, that's oh, yeah. how much I ate. Like, good on you. It was just every time I saw food, I was just like shoveling food. Oh, and tell me about the end of day one. Day one finished. End of day one, I was. Fuck! Petrified. I've got thirty. Yeah, petrified. <laughs> you got thirty five days to go. So day one just ended up being a bit of a ship fight. Like. Logistics, getting Logistics, everything running yeah, right. Like, what foods work. Yeah. The thing is, I was so used to doing everything by myself that it's like, okay, now it goes to everyone else to join in and people all have their part. And But everyone was so excited for day one that just stuff, just everything got forgotten, like little bits and pieces. or, And then like I'm out on the run. And like this is on me as well. Like I was out there, I'm on the run, and I just didn't want to eat anything on the run because I was like, I was so hot. I was like, I got to the end, about like 18K, and I was like, do we have any snakes or anything out here? I was like, I am starving. Like, and that's already like not good. Like, if you're hungry when you're doing something like this, that means you're already in a massive yeah, yeah. calorie deficit. Um, and I was like, I am starving already. And they're like, oh, no, we don't have anything. Like, we ran out the day, the first day of like three or four bottles of water. Uh, like, we had nothing. And then it was like just growing along the thing. And we just got used to like, by the end of it, everything was just like clockwork. It's like, all right, as we hit this, as we cross this road, it's like, all right, you're getting snakes, you're getting this or whatever it was. But yeah, that first day I got back and I was like, oh, 
holy shit. I was like, I got myself in. I was like, I already feel like I'm smashed. I was like, the heat, like, I underestimated, like, because every day, like, all the time, I was pretty much running in the start of the day. Yeah. So I underestimated what it was like then running in the middle of the day. Mm. And I was like, holy shit, it's hot. Yeah, so... So the ride would usually be from like 6.30 till 9.30, no, nah, 7 so yeah, till up in about 7.30 till 11. To 11, yep. And then I'd have like half an hour to 45 to, to just eat. eat as much food and then get ready and whatnot. And then, yeah, the run would like kick off at like a quarter to 11 or 12. And I could be back anywhere between quarter past 2, 2.30-ish. Around there, and some fast runners with you, like me. Yeah, yeah, mate. You, you were smoking me. I was like, oh, keep slow down, mate. <laughs> we'll, we'll catch up to my day, but let's talk yeah. about the recovery now. So after yep. each run, I mean, after each day, yep. you're finishing at three in the afternoon. Three in the arvo. Yep. So, you need to go do your recovery. You need to get your food in. You need to go to bed to get yep. up at four forty-five again the next day. So yeah, tell me about the recovery each day. Yeah. So pretty much as soon as I'd like sit down from the run, I just try and eat as much food because on the run I, I was still eating, but not as much as I was on the bike and that. So I was like, right, I refuel. I just try and eat as much stuff there. Um, and then I, as soon as I'd finished all my food, I was like, all right, yeah. we then went to recovery lap, um, which I just get in the ice bath and just, he my core temperature was so that. hot. Like I just felt like everything was just steaming out of me. I'd started the day. And as soon as I get on the bike, it was like the inside of my body felt like I was melting away. Oh. So, as soon as I got in the ice bath, it felt like I could just finally relax. I just mm. lay down and thought, this is so good. Yeah. Um, so I'd do two lots of between eight to ten minutes in the ice bath. And then in between that, I'd have some more chicken noodles. Like, that was me go-to. Every day was like, ice bath, chicken noodles. That's Not two-minute noodles. Two-minute noodles. Two oh, minute why are you putting noodles. that shit in your mate, body? Oh, MSG mate. and all this the, shit. Yeah. Put something good in there, oh, mate. But, like, that's no the protein. protein. There's nothing. No protein. There's, there's nothing. There's carbs. Like, and the thing <laughs> is, when, you, when you're doing stuff like and this, it's, so it's hard like... It doesn't digest, too. Have you seen the videos of two-minute noodles with a camera through someone's really? stomach? It doesn't digest. <laughs> anyway. Well, anyway, like, to be honest, if someone had to see my diet over this... yeah, It's about getting calories in as quick as possible. It's not a healthy diet. Because the thing is, it's like... When you're trying to eat healthy, obviously your foods are more dense and whatnot. So for me, it was like, for breakfast, I was eating brownies. Mm. It was like, I I was eating, like, everything was just like, what's the easiest calories for me to get in? So by the end of it, I was like, I feel like my teeth are going to fall out because I've eaten that much sugar. I was like, this is just, like, even the the drinks that I was having are just, they're like a carb water, a calorie water, and they just taste so sweet. So by the end of it, you're like, man I feel like my feelings are about to fall out or whatever like and then I reckon I would have had well there's 36 days I reckon I was having at least 15 snakes a day so I don't know 500 plus snakes over it like (laughs) I had a lot of the snakes and I needed them yeah see like the diet of it it's like it's not a healthy diet but now I'm like weeding myself straight like straight away I'm like okay cut the sugar straight out um just try and go back to letting the body yeah, function as it should nutrients and vitamins um, it needs to recover but yeah going back to recovery so, so 10 I, minute ice bath yep, yep, two so minute noodles two, two lots of 10, 10 minutes yep, so i do about 20 minutes of an ice bath and then straight away i'd go back and i'd get like a massage gun on my back like i'd get a full massage gun over my body um, who's doing that uh my dad and then the girlfriend not drinking dad. his beers telling you, you gotta drink oh, beers he's massaging me yeah and then um there's another thing that we use as well. It's called a physio key, and it's mm, those things are good. Uh, it yeah, cuts the fascia down. Yeah, huh? yep, yep. So it's gripping onto everything, and yeah. So that was those could probably go for like twenty minutes each, I guess. 
Um, and then I'd have dinner, like have another... I'd probably already had like a first dinner as well in there somewhere. Then I'd have a second Just dinner. Just always hungry after Well, right? yeah, it was always hungry, but it got to a stage where having dinner... And I'd only just be having a normal dinner, like a normal sized dinner. But by the end of the day, I was just like eating that much food that I'm just like trying to force myself to eat. So there's like videos where I'm like literally got one eye open, just forcing myself to eat food. Cause, mm. And it's like, you feel like you're going to be sick, but you just keep trying to hammer it down. Um, yeah. Did you wake up any mornings just feeling like physically, obviously you're going to feel like shit. Yeah. Mentally, obviously you're going to feel like yeah. shit. But what about like actually feeling sick? Because eating that sick. much shit, eating that many calories. I always woke up hungry. Oh, okay. That was because so your body just fucked it all so up anyway the, and used the, it all. Didn't yeah. like, let you feel sick. Yeah. Well, so I was, that was I imagine waking thing. up with a tummy ache and like the yeah. runs and like oh. Well, like yeah, the runs were a pretty common thing. Like when you when you're there, like it's <laughs> a couple just, risky farts well, on the ride. <laughs> yeah, literally, and even even a couple of days after, like, the pool, <laughs> actually, couple dust clouds in the pool. It's <laughs> probably a bit of TMI, but the last day on the sad day, so after I'd stopped, um, like the day after I'd finished, I went and watched my girlfriend swim. And we were there with a couple of mates, and I went and done the piss, and I was like, oh, shit, I think I just followed through. <laughs> anyway, I went, I'd, I'd done a, uh, just a safety wipe, and I was like, oh, yeah, sure enough, I'd followed through. I was like, yeah, nah, this, um, oh, what's going, just the like, body's just you. like, yeah, there's, there's been way too much going through the body and whatnot. So, yeah, that was one of the things that you sort of look at, and the body, it's a pretty resilient thing, but, yeah, you've obviously got to, you can't just go doing that every day of the week. Yeah. Like, now it's time to get off that sort of shit and eat yeah. healthy again and whatnot. All right, so we're at day one where we've kind of understood the, what you're going through. When was the first day where you are like, holy shit, I'm fucking in a bad way right now? Because I'm sure there was a day and I'm sure it was a certain day that stands out in your mind. The, the worst day for me was day 11. Wow. Um, there was a few days before that that were like pretty tough and whatnot. But day 11, like, I think it gets to this, like at the start of it, the first three days, there was people everywhere, everyone. So we started on a Friday. So there was obviously people that come up for the first day. And then Saturday and Sunday, there was a lot of people around because it's the weekend. So then day four, I was like, okay, that was the first Monday. So that was day four, the first Monday. That hit pretty hard. And I was mm. like, fuck, this sucks having no one around. Yeah. Um, but then the next weekend, the weekend hype come up again. And then that Monday just that dropped me so hard. Uh, I was by myself all day. The wind was smashing me on the bike. Like I was pushing a lot of power and my bike was just hardly moving. And I'm just sitting there screaming at the wind. There's no one else out on the bike course. I was just like, why am I even doing this? Like, my body was already fried by this stage. Mentally, it was probably one of the most challenging moments where I had. I was like, okay, this is just... You just got to grit your teeth and just hope that you can make it through this one. Mm. Like I had no doubt that I could make it through, but it's just, you start asking yourself questions like, why am I doing it? Because that felt like the hype had all gone already. So I knew, and I knew it was going to happen. I knew the middle was going to suck, but the start was all hyped. Then the middle sucked. And then the end was, if I could have every day had it been like the last day, I would have done a thousand of them (laughs) because like it was, it was honestly fun. It was awesome. Like people were so pumped up, but what everyone doesn't see is the times when you're by yourself yeah, and man. you're screaming at the wind and everything just feels like shit and you don't want to talk to anyone because you just like I was afraid that I was just gonna say shit. Like mentally, I was still felt good, but I just didn't want to sleep up because I know how much everyone's trying to help, and you just don't want to be a dick and say, oh fuck, why well, can you just do this better or can you just do this or so you're never trying to like actually speak 
what you're thinking at that stage because I know I'm delirious. Mm. I know I'm not thinking like I normally would be. So everything was just up in my head and yeah, so day 11 sucked so bad. Had you watched and listened to quite a bit of stuff obviously around Ned Brockman's run from the year before and listened to... Because saying what you just said then, it sounds like you had such great awareness about the futility you're going to be feeling towards yep. your family because yep. that's something that i i heard quite often in his interviews post had you heard that and was that yeah. something you're aware of yep. don't be a dick to my girlfriend yeah, my yeah, parents exactly. are only here to yep. help me yeah and that was one thing i was like definitely i was like and it's so hard until you actually because i think like before i'd done the channel i was like oh they're here to help like as if you could but it's so funny in that mindset you're just like oh shit you're, you're so just caught up in your own thing you feel like everything and because they're doing so much about me, you feel like everything is like, all right, everything's about me then. Like, mm. I can be a dick to whoever and I can get away with it. But you're just going to try and, like, I was just always trying to pull myself back. It's like, don't get too emotionally caught up with everything because you're going to have highs and you're going to have lows. And if you're having a low and you lose your shit, then everyone feels like it's an attack against them. Mm. Where, like, mentally I don't mean it. It's just I'm having a bad moment. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I always, like, my biggest thing was once I hit day 11, I was like, all right, you cannot let the weekends bring you up so high that when you hit Monday and no one's there with you, you feel like you're just falling off a skyscraper. So, like, after that, I was like, all right, my pact is I'm just going to stay as flat as possible. Link is on. So it was just like, I probably just felt like I was a bit of a zombie at, like, yeah. from stages at least day 11 to, like, day... 28. 28, when you come through, mate, and <laughs> pump me up. Yeah. Like, and that's the thing. Once I sort of got past that, like, halfway point, the days just started going so quick and mm. it allowed me to actually get more confidence and be like, okay, I can hype up because I know like I've got people coming the next day and whatnot. So like between the toughest days were that week between a day 11 to day 18 because that yeah, was wow. just like such a dead zone. Yeah, because it felt like you're not even halfway. Like still getting to the point of the so, mountain and then you're like, oh, I'm But then once back. you hit 18, I was like, all right, I'm over past halfway now. It should be okay. And then like 19, 20, we're like still a little bit slow, but then like, from 23 to 28 or whatnot, I was just like, holy shit. I was saying the dedications and I'm like, all right, we're here on day 24. And I was just like, it's day 28. And I was like, holy shit. Like mm. the days just started like, I was like, hold, I just gained so much momentum mm. that it was just, the days were just clocking over and over yeah. and over. Um, and that's the thing. Once I got to like pretty much, yeah, day 28-ish and I had a week to go, I was like, all right, I can just live this up now. It's like, Every day then sort of felt like a bit of a victory lap. Mm, that's um, so cool. Yeah, I want to talk yeah. about me getting to come on the run. I, I feel like in hindsight, I wish I did the whole Ironman. I probably, I mean, half. I probably yeah. couldn't have done it. But yeah. I remember right before you started, I think I sent you a message saying like maybe good luck or something. Yep. Yep. I, and I kind of, <laughs> in hindsight, you probably didn't know this, but I kind of just did a throwaway comment like, yeah, I'll come join you for one. Yeah. I thought you were doing. I thought you were doing it on the Goldie. Yeah. Anyway, so then you're like, yep, come and do it. And I was like, sweet, I'll do it on this day. And then I was like, didn't hear from you for like 20 days. I was yeah. like, sweet, he's going to forget he's about it. He's, he's busy doing his thing. Yeah. And then I was like, you messaged me like, hey, mate, just checking in when you're going to come and do that run with me. Yeah. I was like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, you know what? I've actually got a day off this Friday. Yeah. Like, was, it, was it Friday? Thursday. Friday. No, it was Friday because I, I went and did the podcast with day, Jack day, Dewan day that tw- night. Day 28, that's, that's all it is. Because I remember that morning I went surfing with yep. Schumacher and uh, yep. Jack Dewan. I got to talk to you guys about that. Yeah. But then, yeah, I rocked up and you just finished your um, your swim and then yep. you finished your ride. It was the first time we met each other. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
obviously I'll talk about myself because you had a lot of other people that got yeah, to join yeah, in. But yeah. how cool was it having people join you and how important was that for you to that, be able to share the journey yeah. but also maybe take your mind off stuff a bit? So looking back at it and I was speaking to... So me and my missus, we do our three gratitudes every night now. And last night, she's like, like my first gratitude was like, just the people that have joined in. And it's like, you look at it, and there was so many people that had like, there's a guy who he'd done a Gold Coast half marathon about, I don't know, three or four months ago. And he's like, after that, I just hated running. And he ended up joining me for about six or seven halves over it. And he's like, now I love running again. He's like, he hadn't ran from four months. And he's like, now I love running again. And it's people that hadn't ridden the bike or they hadn't done anything triathlon wise. And now people are doing like, they've, one of the, a lot of my mates up in Brizzy have just made like a little triathlon group between them. Nah. And it's like me there and I'm like, I need a little bit of a break. But they, they're all like sort of. You're the mascot. Yeah. They're all like starting to look into the triathlons and they've all booked like tickets for. Um, good sunny coast one. Eh? Yeah. Sunny coast or whatever. Might, might be... Um, the Byron one's good. Byron. I did the Byron one on no training a couple yeah. years. I did it on my birthday a yeah. couple of years ago. So there's, like, they're all starting to sign up for that. So it's like one of my mates, he never properly swam. And he ended up doing a full day with me. Like he got in... So the... He ended up doing... The day I was there? No. So Alex was there. Yeah. But that was yeah, his first half iron, man. Like... So that he'd never done any... Like he'd never swam or whatnot. But then there was another, another one of my mates, Geordie, who had never properly swam or anything. And he was like petrified of the water. He hadn't done much bike riding, so he don't like he came out at the first week and he'd done a couple of bike rides and a run with us. Really good runner, like he's yeah. won a couple of hundred k races, like wow, so really good runner. But he's petrified of the water. And towards the end, I had like a lot of mates that like then I had Stevie jump in and do a half Ironman, and so many people that just like started jumping in and doing them off nothing. And he's like, man, I'm being such a bitch. Like everyone else is doing it and they don't know how to swim. So he got there the last week. I think he got there on the Monday or it might've been the Sunday of the last week. He got there at the pool at the same time as us. And he ended up doing like maybe 800 meters by the time that I'd done my 1.9. Wow. And anyway, he done the rest of the day with us. He's like, oh, I'm not going to get the swim done. So then he come back on Tuesday morning. And I think he'd done like 1.4 K swim. And then he ended up doing, no, sorry, it must have been Wednesday morning he come back. So then he ended up doing, like, he didn't get the full day out. But then he ended up doing Thursday. He got there at five o'clock when the pool opened, started half an hour before me, got the swim done, done the whole day with me, and then done the whole next day on the Friday with me. So he got on two back-to-back half Ironmans without ever doing one before. What a legend. Which was just awesome. But there was people like, there's this guy, Big Kev, who jumped on, and this guy's six foot six, I think, and 115 kilos. And he was riding the bike and like, he just, he's like, I've never had so much fun riding my bike. Like, cause he, he was 55 and he was just like pushing power. And there was like one of the last days where I was like, all right, yeah, we'll let loose and we'll do a sub three hour on the bike. And he gets back. He's like, man, I feel like I'm going to die. <laughs> like, so there's just so many little friendships that I've like made over there. Larry from recovery lab, he done his first 90 K bike. And there was like, man, I couldn't even mention all of them. There's Ella, there's so many other people who are just like, Corey, one of my mates down here, who jumped in and just done their first half Ironman. And yeah, yeah, wow. Who'd never done anything on a bike or a swim or anything to do with it at all. And then they just jump in there and they do it. And That's so cool. It was so cool to see. Like A lot of my mates have come from running background, so it's like, I'm like, oh, yeah, if you can run, you, you can probably bike. And then the, the swim swimming is like, out. yeah, just, just swim. Um, but, yeah, a lot of them were just, I think, and I underestimate as well because I've done it 
like six months worth of training of how much the bike then affected him on the run. Mm. Like you saw Alex that day. Yeah. He was, he's a really good runner. Like he could probably run a half marathon in under an hour 30, probably an hour 25. Wow. And that day, like like you saw him, he was cooked yeah, after the bike. Well, ride. I got there after like never, I haven't trained or gone yeah. for a run in a long time. Yeah. And I was, and I was like, perfect. You're at the end of your day. I'll yep. be able to maintain that pace. But yeah, he was struggling. But yeah. It's, it's, it's a interesting thing just what the body's capable of 100%. so many of us hold ourselves back because of what's in our mind whereas yeah. i've done enough challenges to know it's like a yardstick for me if i yeah. can just go into a half on no yeah, training yeah. i'm in okay yeah yeah you're good, you're in good nick yeah and that's the thing like even my sister man like she hadn't swam since i don't know since we were kids really like never swam hadn't ridden a bike the first day that she'd done a half iron man and she's never ran over 12k and then does a full day with me. What a lesson. So, like, it's just, like, a bit probably just the mental mm. toughness that we've got as kids and we've been lucky enough to grow up with. Um, she was like, I'm not getting it done. Like, she's like, I'm not finishing this day without not doing it. Mm. So we started with her, like, I stayed with her on the bike and let her drive behind me and pulled her along on the bike. But then on the run, we started going and she was, like, in the hurt locker or, like, at 3, 4K, I was looking, I was like, holy shit. Mm. I was like she's gonna like her face was just red and i was like she's gonna just pass out at some stage here anyway we got to the turnaround point and she turned around before she's like i'm just gonna turn around now and then i'll do the extra up at the finish line so me and my mates went out come back and then we ended up seeing her about 500 meters away from the finish line and she's like oh i'm only 500 meters behind you now i'm like how how do you do that i was like we turn you turn like 3k early she's like well, once I turned around and I was by myself, she's like, I just had a whole mindset change. And she's like, I'll just end up running back and just already doing the extras that she'd already lost. Wow. And I was like, out of nowhere. So it was just shows like, mentally you're you're so capable. And she didn't want to do it the whole time until one of the uh, other friends, Ella, she ended up doing it. And she's like, well, if Ella's done it, maybe I can try it. So it's one of those things. Mentally, you can all, like everyone can do it, but it's also, you don't want to, go out there and break your body and mm. one of those things. So it's finding that nice, even mix. Like, yeah. like I wouldn't suggest to go out and do 36 of them off no training. Like, there's no, no way you could you do that. You couldn't do it, yeah. But, like, joining in, when people were joining in and that, it was so awesome to see. Yeah. It, it, it honestly made the whole challenge, yeah. And it just showed me, like, wow, pe- like some humans are really just built different yeah yeah yeah. tell me about the last day finishing how that felt how much money did you guys end up raising i'll leave something in the show notes so people can um get behind it as well but yeah Yeah. how'd it feel finishing it yeah so the last day i sort of we got to the pool and i think we would have had like probably 50 to 55 people there in in the morning so like doing the swim i was like oh it's one of those things you can't talk while you're swimming obviously so i'm like i've got so many people here that i want to talk to and i'm swimming and i was like this sucks but once I got out of the water, it already felt like the celebration. I was like, it felt like I'd finished the day mm. because there were so many people there early on in the morning. And um, it was just like, they brought the spin class, the bike at the pools, they brought their spin class outside. Mm. So they had all them at the side of the pool and they had the music pumping. And I was like, oh man, like there's going to be a breeze today. I was like, yeah. that swim was easy. But then the thing is when you're on a bike, so we'd d- done all that, then got out on the bike ride. But when you go on a bike ride for... I think we ended up doing the last day in like three hours, 15-ish or something like that. Um, So when you're out there for that long, it's hard to keep the energy really high. So I got halfway and I was like, fuck, 
still got another like hour and 45 minutes to go of this. Wow. Um, and then, yeah, when I come back in, the energy was right back up again. So when I was around everyone, the energy was really high. And then we set out for the run and the energy was just like through the roof. Everyone's running. We got the, got the speakers playing and whatnot. And I was like, oh, I really want to try and like push the boundaries. Of, like everyone else has been in the hurt locker every day. Yeah. I was like, I've got to give them or some, some sort of satisfaction to see me hurt. So I got to a stage where I was like, all right, I'm just going to try and run as fast as I can because my body just wasn't moving at the start. I was doing like maybe like six minute 20K paces over, and that's like the fastest I felt like I could pick my legs up. So every K I was like, all right, just keep trying to push, just keep trying to push. And I got down to doing the last K at like a four minute 45 pace, yeah. which felt like my legs were going to fall off because I was like, I haven't run this fast in yeah. like two or two months or whatever. Wow. Um, but yeah, it was just like, we had so much fun and people done their, there's a couple of people done their first half Ironmans that day. We get in, the fireys are there. We had the Red Bull truck, had ice baths. Like it was just, yeah, the energy, if you could just bottle that up, like and sell it, like it'd be worth millions because it was just one of those moments where you have so much energy that you're just like, holy shit. Like you feel like you could just run through a brick wall and Mm. it was just such a pump up and yeah, it was awesome. And, to do it with Sixty Five Brosis, and we end up raising over forty four thousand dollars for Sixty Five Brosis Australia, which that money's all gone to the right spot. So it's it's amazing to see how much of a difference that can make now. Good on you, man. Lastly, what um how's the last few days been? You talked to me, spoke off air. You said you've been feeling all right. So yeah, mm-hmm. tell me about the weekend after mm-hmm. finishing, how the body's feeling, how the mind's feeling, and what's next. Yeah. So <laughs> oh, I don't know about what's next, but <laughs> give you a few makes. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, once I finished up. I just felt super fatigued, I think. Um, and I think that's from one of those things where you're just like, I just didn't give myself a chance any day to rest. So it's like, you're up, you're going, whatnot. So on the Saturday and the Sunday, as soon as I'd stopped, I was just like so tired. Um, it's like, I just felt brain foggy. And everyone says like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. I'm like, I just, I'd never experienced that sort of, you push your body for so long that it ends up just draining you so much mentally. And yeah, I don't think you feel the grasp of it until you stop. Um, so like, yeah, on Saturday and Sunday, I'm just like, are you really sure you're okay? You look like depressed. Mm-hmm. And like, she's like, your eyes just look like real glassy and everything. And that's probably just like one of those things I sort of knew it was going to happen, but I didn't know how bad it would hit me. Um, so yeah, I overcome that over the weekend. And I think it's just is because your body's so used to moving and you're feeling good and you're talking to everyone. And then it's just like you're sort of left by yourself mm. and it's not as pumped up anymore. Um, so, yeah, but my body's felt reasonably good. Like I've so, sort of now I've stopped. I'm actually starting to go really stiff in my lower back. So I actually done a 300-meter swim yesterday out at Redcliffe just trying to get in the water, which I hate open water swimming. And I was like, oh, I should go out there and just have a swim at the beach. And I put my goggles on and I hate that feeling of like being out there in the ocean being able to see what's underneath you. And I was just like, that's one of my biggest fears. And I was like, I'd see if you can stay out here for a couple of minutes and whatnot, which I ended up just staying out there and floating around, just trying to move my body. Yeah. And yeah, that's still one of my biggest fears. Like I was talking to my missus about it last night. I was like, that petrifies me. That, mm, that I don't know okay. how you've done it. Man, I did so- a 5K one from like Shelly Beach. Do you know Manly much? Yeah, yep, yep. From Shelly to Freshwater, the whole of Manly Beach, out the back, like, kilometers out from Shelley past the headland at Queenscliff to Freshwater. Yep. So you're all the way 
behind it and then you go around a buoy and swim back mate I, and there was yeah. like not there was i thought there was gonna be heaps of safety and stuff there was like every now and then a clubby on a board yeah just yeah just hang it along yeah but it's one of like i don't know like my dad he's been petrified of sharks his whole life and it never used to bother me until now that i'm swimming with goggles in the like mm. open water oh. and it's just that thought of like even yesterday i saw a can and because it was a little mm. bit shiny, I was like, oh, and I was yeah. like, give me a heart attack. I'm like, oh, yeah. so that's one thing that I want to overcome that fear of. But, um, yeah. So then this morning I was just went for another swimmer K at the pools this morning, just to try moving. and keep the body moving. Cause it, it obviously, if your motion's lotion, like you just yeah. got to keep your body moving and you get out so many good endorphins from it. So it's mad not to try and keep moving as much as possible. Like, even though I'm like, oh, I'm done. I can rest now, but. I know mentally, men, my mental health will just suffer so much if I'm yeah. not doing anything. Like, I struggle a lot in my own headspace when I'm at home doing nothing. So, yeah. I know for me, the benefits of getting out in the sun and moving my body are huge. Mate, far out. It, it's just so cool hearing your story. I love kind of the whole way that we've gone through from your upbringing to where 75 card came in and yeah. changed your life a little bit. And yeah. then, yeah, the challenge is just something that is so, so special. You should yeah. be so proud. It's... um. Yeah something that I'm so grateful that I got to be a part of, even if it was just for yeah, mate, a little half it. marathon. So it's nice to get the own, legs moving. Everyone got their own little pieces. Like we sold off a couple of hats on the last, a uh, couple of swimming caps, sorry, but had the numbers on them the last day. And you could tell when people were like had done that day or had done a half Ironman because there was like some caps I was buying for like 300 bucks. Wow. So, cause there was people like, Oh, that's my birthday or two people had done like the same day together. And um, yeah, I was buying like a cap for 300 bucks and it was just like, that's like, so. this is awesome. So it's like, it's like the thing. Everyone's got those little memories to take out of it. And yeah. That's the thing that I'm like most proud of. It's, yeah, it, like it's a lot more than just me. It's about everyone and what they sort of think of it. Yeah, the impact by bringing other people in to be involved was so cool. Yeah. I'll be leaving the show notes for everyone, um, the link to donate. I'll leave yep. your social media to come check out, send yep. you a message if they're looking at doing a challenge and want to get some info. <laughs> I'm sure you've got plenty of tricks and tips to yep. help people out. And I'm sure there is something coming up in the future in the back of your head, maybe once the recovery yeah. and the mind chattels <laughs> out. So we'll get you back on to chat about that one day in the future. But mate, the last question I do finish every Good Humans podcast with is the same question. So what does being a good human mean to Lane Storia? Uh, for me, I think it's just doing your best, man. Like you, everyone's got all different situations. And I think that's one thing that, I didn't really realise until I started putting myself out there and talking to more people. People have got different situations. So being a good human is just about doing the best that you can and doing what you feel is right. And I think you, you, your perspective over that will change as mm. you go along. Um, if you just keep doing the right thing and you feel what you're doing... If you can honestly sleep at night and go, all right, what I've done today, and you look back at what you've done over the day and you feel good about it, I think you're a good human mate i bloody love it well thank you so much for letting me be involved in the run thanks for sharing thanks your story coming, with the mate. audience yeah. and mate thanks for jumping on good humans podcast awesome thank you legend there we go how'd we go our Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, Fresh. 